machen. It is Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's Steelers-Ravens week. That means you've got Chris Carter, myself, from Locked On Steelers, Kevin Ostriker, from the Locked On Ravens podcast. Kevin, it's so great to do this show with you, my, my, my friend. How have you been? I've been good, Chris. It's been a while. The Ravens and Steelers having two matchups in this back half of the year, but it'll be nice to have this rivalry finally happen this season. It is week 13. The teams are going through their sure injury concerns and have a bit different records right now, but this these games are always so good, Chris. I'm excited for this. They always are. Both teams respect each other. It's going to be very interesting. What's always interesting is you guys should check out Stat Hero. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and head-to-head fantasy matchups where it's winner take all sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n all capital letters all one words for a 100 deposit match we get more to more on that later but kevin let's let's dive right into it the ravens have been very up and down at times this year there's games that look really impressive they have really great walk-off wins and then there's times they lose the dolphins and i'm like what what is this what's going on here where are the ravens right now as far as you know, a, a stabilizing standpoint, because to me, it's always been this. I have the, the world of respect for Lamar Jackson, who he is as a quarterback. But is it really just is he the guy that's just making this whole thing go? Or are there lots of different guys who have really chipped in this year? Yeah, well, Lamar Jackson, Chris, is the guy who really makes this offense turn, who makes this team go. But there are guys who have been stepping up in a big way. It can't just be Lamar Jackson every week or else that wouldn't really work. So Jackson has taken a step as a passer this season. He's kind of had to because with all the injuries Baltimore's gone through in the run game, they don't have J.K. Dobbins this year. They don't have Gus Edwards. Both players were lost before the season. So they've been working with, you know, Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, you know, People call him now Ravens legend Le'Veon Bell, although he is, he's he's no longer on the team. It just it just didn't work on the field. He it, this isn't 2016 anymore for these guys, so they've lost a step or two. Mm-hmm. But because of that, the run game it's no longer the burst of 15, 20 yard plays. You know, it's now they'll get you three yards when you can get three yards or when you need three yards, but th- there's not much more to it. So the pass game has had to take that step up. Marquise Brown's played very well this season. Mark Andrews is still a very good security blanket. You have guys like Rashad Bateman stepping in as a rookie, playing really well through his first few games here. And even Sammy Watkins, a nice veteran guy. But even, like, the offense has sputtered a bit over these last three weeks for Baltimore. Just one touchdown in each of their last three games. It's the defense, this Baltimore defense. And, you know, when you look at the Ravens' history over their franchise, it's been, all right, the Ray Lewis, the Ed Reed, the Terrell. Mm-hmm. Like, the Ravens' defense is the unit. But it's been a bit of an issue this year. The past defense has not been amazing. They've improved, but it's been... It's been up and down. The big plays have been a problem. But over the last three weeks, the Ravens defense is allowing not a ton of points. Four total touchdowns over the last three weeks combined. That's pretty good. And usually it wins you football games, although they are two and one. You mentioned the loss of the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson has had to put a lot on his shoulders. His turnovers are a bit up this year because, you know, without a run game, it's made this offense a bit more one-dimensional than I think they would like to after having really good historical rushing offenses. So, I've been impressed with Jackson. I've been impressed with this team. They're eight and three, despite, in my opinion, in terms of actual quantity and talent, they're the most injured team in the league. I know Tennessee has a, a few more guys, but in terms of talent lost, Baltimore has them by a mile. So, you know, overall eight and three, the top of the AFC through 12 weeks. I think that's probably the best case scenario people could have imagined in Baltimore before the year when they had just a gluttony of injuries. 
No, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you when you saw all the running backs go down, Marcus Peters go down, this guy, that guy. I mean, a lot of people were were were, were saying, you know, bye bye Baltimore. And I was like, ah, I don't know, man. Lamar Jackson's still there. And, and my my, I mean, we, you saw it when he first came in in what 2018. You know, the, the team was falling apart. You know, there was rumors that John Harbaugh was going to be out soon, and all of a sudden you throw Lamar Jackson instead of Joe Flacco, and they become a playoff team. They win the division. Like like that's how that's how much he brings to the organization. And I was like, you can't undervalue that when you're talking about what the Ravens do really well. So that's one aspect I want to, I, I think is really impressive. But I wanted to ask you because Mike Tomlin really highlighted the ability for Marquise Brown to get, <clears throat> excuse me, Marquise Brown to get open. I wanted to get your perspective on where has he grown as a receiver? You know, he was always fast. He's always like, he's the big play guy, but what are the things that he's kind of worked on to be better? And what are things where you're still like, Hey, we need to see this more out of you to make you the really number one receiver on this team. Yeah, so Marquise Brown's a bit of an interesting situation, especially in Baltimore. A lot of people saw him come out of Oklahoma, Chris, and were just like, is, is he a gadget player? He's super small, you know, not very strong. He has the speed, but is he just a deep threat? You know, he came in and had a really good rookie year and followed that up with a pretty good second year as well. He was expected to take a huge leap this year. And I mean, he's done it. He's improved his route running. He just looks... He looks a lot more crisp. He looks a lot more fluid in his routes. You know, he's getting open. He's one of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. He, he's very, very impressive. And considering the growth that we've seen every single year, you know, it, it's putting a lot of confidence in, in with people just to see, you know, what can he be when he hits his peak? I think a lot of people are excited about that. But some areas he has to improve in. Drops have been a bit of an issue for him over the course of his career. He hasn't really been able to shake that. He's very up and down with it. Like, for example, against the Detroit Lions in week three, pretty much dropped three touchdown passes in a Ooh. very short amount of time. And, we, you know, we all know how that game ended Justin Tucker with that NFL record 66-yard field mm -hmm. goal. But they wouldn't have even been in that situation if Marquise Brown just catches one or two of those passes. So you have to kind of take the go with the bat, especially with young players. Marquise Brown is still so young, still learning, and still trying to find his role in this offense. They've, they've established for him, though, that, you know, he can play all over the field. A lot of these Ravens receivers can. That's a really big part of his game. But Brown's been impressive to me. Right now, he is the number one receiver on this team. He has a couple of other guys who can really complement him well, such as Mark Andrews and Bateman and some of those other guys. But I think Brown, even though the drops have been a bit of an issue, he's still playing great football this year. Now, I want to flip to the defense before we send it to our first break, of course. You know, you talked about that defense. They've stepped up. You know, Calais Campbell's still there. Brandon Williams has always just been that annoying nose tackle that just can just get in people's way and take up two blockers. Um, Tyus Bowser, I've seen step up. You had uh, Owe, who stepped up for a, for a big play. And then you still got, you know, Justin Houston is, 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 play, is playing really well. But I wanted to talk about that secondary. What's been going on with the secondary? You still got Marlon Humphrey, but of course, with all the injuries that, that have come, they have not been able to be the same group. Where have you seen? Could, could you help Steeler Nation understand who is the are, are the guys that are making up most of the snaps in the secondary, and how have you graded them out so far? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's a it's been a unit that struggled. I mentioned their past defense for a while was in the bottom five in a lot of these categories. They have stepped it up in recent weeks. You know, they played Miami and Chicago and Cleveland. So not like world breaker offenses, but still, you know, you got to play who's in front of you. Marlon Humphrey, you talked about is the guy. He still is having a great year. Has been caught looking in the backfield a couple of times. Has gotten burned a few times, a couple holding calls, but he still is a top five corner in the league. And that, you know, you're pretty squared away with him. 
But Marcus Peters, we talked about, done for the year. They lost to Sean Elliott, their starting safety in week nine to a torn pectoral muscle and a torn bicep. And he played through it for a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a tough guy, but they've had to replace him with a rookie third rounder in Brandon Stevens, who played running back in high school in his first two years of college, converted to cornerback for his final two years and transferred, and now is converting over to more of a safety. So he's still learning the position. He's played decently well, but has definitely struggled over these last couple of weeks. You also have Anthony Averett, who is their number two corner at this point. He has stepped up, and outside of Indianapolis, where he had by far his worst game of the year, he's played decently well. He's been banged up also, you know, so that could maybe be contributing to a bit of just okay play over the past couple of weeks. Tavon Young's one of the better slot corners in the NFL. He, after having three season-ending injuries in five years, has played well this year, and he's arguably the team's best tackler, honestly, after how many issues they had earlier in the season with it. And then you have guys like Chris Westry, who's a 6'4 corner, runs sub 4'4". Four four, so you you have the athletic traits there, but he's still very, very raw and very young. Other than that, you know, you, you see every week the Ravens are assigning defensive backs to their practice squad. Jimmy Smith has been in and out this year, hasn't really played a ton over the past couple of weeks, especially because he's been injured. He did mm-hmm. return to practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday, so that's a positive. But, yeah, the secondary is hurting. I think, you know, they're feeling the loss of Marcus Peters. He just does so much for a defense. You trust him. He'll give up a big player too, but he has the ability to change a football game to really get in the quarterback's head. And so that's where I think Baltimore is really – missing and when he comes back if he comes back there are rumors of him being a salary cap casualty in the offseason that's a big get for them but so far they've had to work with what they've had to work with and it's been a very very mixed bag it's certainly going to be interesting to see how they continue to play this season the defense for the ravens has come up big for them in in, in more than a few games this this year but we're going to take a quick break we come back kevin asks me questions on the steelers first i got to tell you guys about stat hero no one plays daily daily fantasy sports to lose winning feels so much better but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're going up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, and it's winner take all. And here's the crazy part: Stat Hero will even show you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This this is a never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid as Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better why because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns stat hero puts you in control of your fate with stat hero you are in control of the stakes you decide how much you're going to play for and stat hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them stat hero is head-to-head and is what fantasy daily fantasy should be one-on-one sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on that's stathero.com slash locked on use promo code locked on it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n all capital letters all one word and you'll receive a 100 match uh, deposit match on your first deposit again that's stathero.com slash locked on for promo code Locked on to receive your 100% match on your first deposit. Stathero.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. We are back here. Our second segment of this crossover Thursday rivalry week. Kevin Ostreicher. Locked on Ravens, Chris Carter, locked on Steelers. And Chris asked me questions about the Ravens in the first segment. I'm going to put him on the hot seat here, ask him some questions about the Steelers. 
And I mean, Chris, I don't think we could start anywhere else but the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger and how he's performed this year, what he's doing for this football team, and just how far he can take this team overall. Now, Pittsburgh is sitting at 5 5 and 1. And you have, I think, a team that is kind of wondering what their next steps are with the quarterback position. Obviously, it feels like this is Ben Roethlisberger's last year, but how would you assess his play so far in 2021? And how far do you think he can take this team if he can take them anywhere? Well, the thing is, is that I really had Ben Roethlisberger through there. They had about five weeks where they didn't lose a game because technically they tied, the, you know, with the with the Lions. But you know, but they had a, they had a, at one point I think a four game win streak, and you saw just he was doing exactly what they were asking him to do. Don't throw the interception and the touch when you get into the red zone. Throw it to the to the Pat Framu. Throw it to Deontay Johnson. Get it to a playmaker and let them finish the drive. And that's what he had been doing. He went several weeks without an interception that was broke against the Bengals just last week. So uh, that's the biggest factor. But the problem that I see with Ben Roethlisberger is when the Steelers need the offense to take control of a game, it is very hard for him to do so. It's not the same days where he would just sling the ball 50 yards downfield. He can still hit the occasional deep ball. He can still hit hit, hit Chase Claypool on a deep pattern. He had a couple of those last week. Um, he can still hit a guy on a post pattern. But you, you look at what he's been able to do when you're, and you're sitting there, it's like, man, he he's still he's not the elite master reader of defenses. He doesn't understand everything that's going on all the time, except the difference is now he doesn't have the strength and the mobility to just shake guys off, buy more time and then, you know, you know, kind of play, you know, sandbox football, if you if, if you will. So that's where he's at right now. Um, you know, he's still focused, like he's still, you know, in it and he's still he's still kind of playing the game. I still he's still really trying. But it's just you see his limitations, and they. Well, the truth is, they really need the run game to return soon. Um, it kind of took a break last week against the Bengals, but Najee Harris has been his balancing point. When he gets going, he can play off him, hit some play action passes, and that's been Ben Ben Roethlisberger's best times. Yeah, and so with you know sometimes a struggling passing offense, you would hope the run game would be able to step it up and maybe alleviate some of that Pittsburgh is 26th in net yards per attempt through the air but on the ground they're actually worse they're 29th and you have a guy like Najee Harris who's averaging 3.6 yards per carry Chris has this running game been up to your expectations this year and and how would you assess you know both the running back situation but also the offensive line and how they've blocked this year well, Najee Harris himself is doing a phenomenal job. He's making guys miss. I think he has the fifth most forced missed tackles in the NFL. And but most of those are happening right at the line of scrimmage. The, the Steelers knew they were going through a rebuilding project with the offensive line. They were just trying to get these guys to play physical. But what you've seen is a problem from, you know, having so many rookies on the line. Kendrick Green playing center when he wasn't used to playing center. He still isn't used to playing center because he was a guard at Illinois. Um, you know, he's really good at, at at going, pulling and hitting in space. And that's what they really love about him because he can be really physical, but he's still not used to, you know, snapping the ball and quickly getting his hands back up to keep defensive tackles off of him to st from establishing leverage. Um, Dan Moore Jr., an offensive tackle, has held his own as a fourth string or fourth, excuse me, a fourth round rookie draft pick out of Texas A&M, you know, up against Miles Garrett. Garrett was giving him the business, but he only allowed Garrett to get one sack in that game. It's like when you so when you consider that kind of a matchup, you'll take that. 
Um, but the Steelers offensive line also dealing with some injuries. Uh, Kevin Dotson, who was their best lineman going into the middle part of the season, he had like an ankle injury. He's in a boot. He's been on um, he's on been on injured reserve for the past couple weeks. Um, then his backup, JC Hassenhauer, has an injury. He's not gonna be able to play in this game, most likely. And now the his his backup, Joel Haig, and he's on the COVID list. So the Steelers have just had a a, a just a wave of unfortunate situations with their offensive line. Um, and that's already a group that's been struggling. So a lot of it is just these, this group needs to be cohesive. And I wrote about this for DKPittsburghSports.com. When you look at the tape, it's not that they're always getting blown off the ball. It's just that oftentimes there's just that one person who didn't communicate or didn't understand, hey, I'm supposed to get to the second level here, or hey, I'm supposed to help wall off this guy, and that'll create the crease that Najee Harris needs to go. But when Najee gets going, he's really tough. He's he's, he's a phenomenal weapon. It's just that they, they, still, they still need to rebuild this offensive line. They started the process this year. I think they'll make a lot more of an all-overhaul next year when they get more draft picks and they'll also have a lot more free agency space yeah the, the cap space will be huge especially i think just to rebuild not just the offensive line because that's the big part but i think it does all start up front for an offense because mm-hmm. regardless of how good you are as a quarterback how good you are as a running back if there's a defender in the backfield within one second two right. seconds you know even if you are a guy like lamar jackson sometimes there's just not a lot you can do with that but Chris I want to flip back over to the passing offense just briefly talk a bit about the weapons that Ben Roethlisberger is throwing to obviously no Juju Smith-Schuster for the remainder of this year he's been out for a while now you have Jace Claypool Deontay Johnson but who are some of those other contributors that Ravens fans might not be aware about there's a rookie tight end contributing also that's a big part of this offense too listen he uh, Steelers fans are so ready for Pat Frymuth to be the second coming of Heath Miller uh, and honestly, he's a different kind of guy because Heath Miller was a blocker first and then a really good catching tight end. Pat Frymuth is a really, really good receiving tight end. He's made some, he's made multiple one-handed grabs, grabs the, he went while he's been in the end zone. He's fast. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he looks to make plays. Um, and he's had some up and downs, you know, he fumbled in overtime against the lions and the fumble that ultimately, you know, locked them into that tie. Um, but when Ben Roethlisberger's thrown in the ball, he's caught it. He leads the team with six touchdown receptions. And a lot of those are red zone, just like, Hey, young guy, go up and get that. And he's like, okay. And he wins those jump balls. So he's, he's been a target that they really, that they really love to use. Deontay Johnson continues to emerge as a true receiving threat with great route running. He's shored up his hands last year. He led the NFL in drops this year. I think he has one official drop on the season. Um, and a lot of that is because all through training camp, all through practices, he's always the first one out now. And every time he's out there, he's just catching tennis balls over his shoulder and catching this way, this one that way, and that one the other way. And that's allowed him to be a much better receiver this year. Um, so really, it's been a mix of Johnson, Claypool, Harris, and Fryermuth. They've worked in Ray Ray McLeod occasionally. He's back off a of COVID list, so you'll see him a little bit about a, a, a little bit. He's more of a quickster speed guy who's really been worked in. James Washington hasn't really been a, a feature of this offense, but you know, for what it is right now, the Steelers are basically relying on those four guys as Ben's primary targets to make big plays. Yeah, so there is big play opportunity. We know Deontay Johnson can make multiple big plays. He's someone who can shake open, you know, make some things happen, and Claypool can be a deep threat for them, obviously. But, you know, other than that, you have Fryermuth, who I think, you know, is, is turning into something in Pittsburgh. So hopefully, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. But, Chris, moving on to the defense, this Pittsburgh defense hasn't been the same as we've seen in recent seasons this year. You know, it's been a struggle sometimes on both, you know, both passing and Mm -hmm. rushing defense for them. We know what TJ Watt is. He might not. We we don't know yet exactly, it seems like. But we don't know either. (laughs) Yeah, if if he does play, obviously, that's a big advantage for Steelers. If he doesn't play, obviously, the Ravens benefit in that. But 
Cam Hayward, you can argue, is playing the best football of his career, and he's 32 years old at this point. You have Alex Highsmith, who was filled in for Bud Dupree, but there's been the acquisition of Joe Schobert, which, you know, has, has been a thing. You have Devin Bush, who struggled recently, Robert Spillane, who obviously is not going to be available, seems mm-hmm. like. So for this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, Chris, how would you assess it so far through 12 weeks, and are you a bit disappointed by how it's looked? I think the biggest thing is that they're they're holding on, but you know, with scotch tape, uh, with a lot of these injuries, as, you know, as bang, banged up as the Ravens are, the Steelers are down like four defensive linemen, and that's that that was their core. Like you know, but as much as T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith off the edges are exciting, and T.J. Watt's the the best player on the team. Um, you know, it's it gets kind of marred when Cam Hayward's the only guy in the middle. There's no Stephon to it. There's no Tyson Alulu. They really liked Carlos Davis coming into the season um, as as the guy off the bench to spell them. And so now you're having to deal with a situation where Chris Wormley's your starting defensive tackle, and as you know, that's probably not the best situation uh, for for your defense. Uh, you know, every play, but uh, th- that that's been the issue is that the strength of this team was going to be relying on that front four to just dominate games and then to keep Devin Bush and Joe Schobert clean. Um, and Schobert's actually come in and, and done a decent job. He's he's hung in there. He's made the, the heady plays. He's been a good veteran that's kind of stabilized things. Just Devin Bush is just kind of in, in, in a fog right now. When you look at the way that he plays, um, you know, last year before he was injured in the year in his rookie season before that, he was flying all over the field. He was going sideline to sideline. He was blowing up plays, making plays on the ball, all these things. This year he's been doing none of that. He doesn't, it doesn't it looks like he doesn't trust his knee yet after his ACL surgery. Um, he's still trying to recover from that. So he hasn't played well. Some people call him a bust. I I'm like, I'm gonna pump those brakes until I see him actually like see if he recovers, you know, because there's other guys out there with busted ACLs that aren't recovering just as fast, like Bud Dupree, former Steeler, who's now with the Titans and back on injury reserve for them. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna doom him just yet, but the defense is missing those role player presences that always locks things down on the Steelers defense. Cause you know, you have you have, you know, of course you have your stars like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. Cam Hayward is having a phenomenal season, even though he has five and a half sacks in the year, he's just He's so hard to stop, and he's bringing it every play, and he brings energy and leadership to the Steelers' defense. Um, but when you look at you know how other guys are feeling it, I mean Isaiah Loudermilk, a, a, a fifth round rookie out of, out of Wisconsin, uh, Henry Mondo, an undrafted guy that they've can be kind of hanging around on because of his ability to play special teams. Um, you know they went and got Taco Charlton as a backup edge guy. Um, you know, they have a their backup free safety for Minka Fitzpatrick is Trey Norwood, who's played well for a backup seventh round, um, you know, pick of a safety. But it's all adding up and you're seeing guys not to finishing plays on tackles, not communicating properly. And that's where I think the biggest problem for the Steelers is right now is they are they have been out of sync. And uh, Mike Tomlin had a, had a had a really big padded practice on Wednesday. They normally don't do that as much later in the season because you only get so many of those. But he's emphasized, oh, we, we got to get back to being physical because we haven't been that in the early, in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's for any team really, and especially in Baltimore as well, where regardless of how many talented players you have on the team, the ones that you're missing, you know, if, if you're missing a ton of talent, it, it just lowers the ceiling of what your team can do. And that doesn't mean you can't win football games. doesn't mean you can't go far, mm-hmm. but for the Steelers with their defensive line, for the Ravens with their secondary, you can talk about, Oh, you know, you've been disappointed with this, disappointed with that. But at the same time, you know, they have to work with what they're working with. And sometimes you just don't have the talent to keep up with it. So it's not like all oh, these players are playing poorly or this, that, and the other. It's just right. They don't have some of their talent this year. And that is, 
what it is. But we'll head into our final break. When we get back, we'll be talking about some matchups to watch for this Ravens and Steelers matchup. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Bet online as you covered all season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Back here on the Crossover Thursday episode on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Chris Carter. It's Kevin Ostriker. We're here. Steelers, Ravens, breaking it down. Now, one thing I love to do with uh, crossover hosts in these episodes is we like to talk about matchups. We want we, 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 We've both talked about our own teams and what teams we cover, but we want to get into matchups and things that we think are going to set tones for how this game is going to go. And I'm going to lead off here, Kevin, with an important matchup that I think favors the Ravens in this situation just based off the way the Steelers have played. But gap integrity has been a problem with the Steelers over the past couple of weeks. You have uh, you have uh, you have Isaiah Loudermill coming back off an of injury. He's a fifth round rookie that they've liked, but he's still having to learn how to play defensive line. And you know, between with with TJ Watt maybe missing this game, there's going to be a lot of chances for Lamar Jackson to be going up against backup guys up front in positions where the Steelers have been very stout against him in the past, not letting him break loose and break open games. To me. That's the matchup that the Steelers are in the most trouble with. If they're not able to just pinch down and say, hey, we're going to keep you know, Mar Jackson bottled up in the pocket, and if he tries to slip out, we'll at least be able to trip him. If they're not able to do that in this game, this is going to be over before it started. And I just I think that that's going to be the nightmare situation for the Steelers. It's a big challenge to backups like Chris Wormley, um, you know, backups like Isaiah Bugs, uh, you know, backups like Andrew Mondo. There's going to be all sorts of guys that are going to be called upon up front to step up and make plays. And that's also going to include Devin Bush and Joe Schobert uh, coming up to clean up after those guys make those plays. So that's my first matchup that I think favors the Ravens. The one thing that I think does favor the Steelers is if they can get their playmakers in space, that's where they can. Can get to do the most damage. Find ways to hit Chase Claypool, not deep down the sideline, but over the middle. Let him run some slants. Let him run some ins. Let him catch the ball in space and let him work. That way you take the pressure off Ben Roethlisberger. And then the same thing goes for Deontay Johnson and especially Najee Harris and Pat Frymuth. Use your playmakers. They're very good weapons. Ben Roethlisberger just has to target the middle of the field. The problem is, Kevin, he hasn't done that all season. Uh, and the one week he did was the Chargers game and he threw three touchdowns. So you'd think he'd go back to that, but no. He refuses to. So those are my matchup keys there. Kevin, what are two matchups that you're looking for that could favor one side or the other? Yeah, well, you know, Chris, the Steelers might get Chase Claypool on the sideline because the Ravens have had problems with their big plays this season. Mm. And even though the defense has played well over these last three weeks, the big plays have not gone away. They've still given up big plays. There have been miscommunications, whether it comes on screens or whether it comes through a bunch of other things as well. You know, looking at this team and just what they are doing on defense, there's been improvement, but they're giving up chunk plays of like 60 yards. You see 49 yards, you see 23 yards. So that's one area where, especially with the Steelers having weapons that can do that, like Chase Claypool, like Deontay Johnson, if you throw Pat Fryermuth in there, you can. You know, the, the Ravens, they have to get better at that, but they just haven't over the course of this season. So that's one area where, look, if they can cut down on the big plays and take that out of their vocabulary, then this could be a good game for them. But if they let a guy slip past their defense, if there's a miscommunication and guys don't get, 
you know, in their zones or whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. that could result in a big play touchdown, a big game that could really shift momentum to Pittsburgh. And that's something the Ravens just don't want. One area where I think it does favor the Ravens, you know, I do think shutting down the run game is one area where Baltimore has been very good this season. And with Pittsburgh not having the best run game this year, with the offensive line struggling a little bit, with potentially Clayus Campbell coming back, this Ravens defense could potentially make Pittsburgh's offense even one more dimensional than I think they have been this mm-hmm. season. And that's big for any game plan on defense every week, week in, week out. One of the goals is to make an offense one dimensional so that you can kind of resort more resources back to the area that's killing you. So if the Ravens can take the run game out of the equation completely and say, you know what, we're stopping it. We're good. The Steelers have to throw the football a bit more. That can be a big part of it as well. So I think stopping the run game is huge for the Ravens to start off the game. And that'll be two matchups for me that I think really favor both sides. That's going to be really interesting. We Those are there's your matchup talk for this game. We both each have an episode coming out Friday to get you ready one last time for Steelers Ravens. It's always a great week when the Steelers and Ravens play each other in the AFC North. Kevin, it's always awesome doing this show with you, my friend. Let people know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I am. On Twitter, CashTracker34, the Locked On Ravens account is at Locked On Ravens. And you can also find my work over at Ravenswire. I'm the managing editor over there. But this was a blast, Chris. We'll see each other soon, though. Week 18, (laughs) the first ever week 18, we'll see the Steelers coming to M&T Bank Stadium for that final game of the year. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm very excited for how how these teams are going to be playing each other relatively soon. You guys do that with the Browns too, so that's going to be that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, Kevin, thanks for doing the show with me as, as as always on our crossovers. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can follow this show just like you follow Kevin's show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and of course YouTube. If you watch this video on the Locked On Ravens channel or the Locked On Steelers channel, hit it, give it a like, give it a subscribe. It really helps all of us out and hey Steelers fans you know, I, I know that you guys typically hate the Ravens but Kevin as you see is a great host and awesome person give him a five star review on Apple help him out Ravens fans and I appreciate if you do the same for me because it's all love here in the AFC North until game day when everyone's yelling at each other on Twitter but <laughs> uh, from Chris and Kevin we hope you have a great Thursday we'll both be back in your screens and in your ears on Friday